0: To pursue execution, to ask, Ain't I a victim? Just as Suggerner Truth famously asked, Ain't I a woman? Sadly, in many cases, the state's answer to this question has been no. In fact, the state often assumes that it is inconceivable to be a victim of horrific violence and not want to see the killer killed. Victim advocacy offices run by prosecutors operate under this assumption. Prosecutorial offices operate under this assumption. Media folks often look for the voices and stories that support this version of justice. It is an assumption so pervasive and so repressive that many murder victims' family members have formed groups to unify their voices against the death penalty. Three of the most prominent groups are Journey of Hope, From Violence to Healing, Murder Victims' Families for Reconciliation, MVFR, and Murder Victims Families for Human Rights, MVFHR. But the more victims I have gotten to know and love, the more I have realized that there is not just one way to heal from trauma. When it comes to the family members of the murdered, some of the most amazing stories of healing and closure I have heard or read are from families who found alternatives to execution for the offender. Many of those stories you will see scattered throughout this book, primarily in the gray stories at the end of each chapter. In contrast, some of the folks who still seem overcome with pain and anger and resentment were able to witness the execution of the offender. In other words, the idea that an execution will bring closure or final justice is a mirage. For many families, execution has simply meant reliving the horrific event year after year, decade after decade, through the slow process of carrying out a death sentence. Without a doubt, some of the strongest voices against the death penalty, and some of the most credible voices, are the victims of violent crimes who know that there are better forms of justice than execution. But there is a reason we don't hear as many victims speak out against execution on the news and in the headlines as we do victims who support it. And it's not because execution opposing victims aren't out there. Rather, it's because those victims are actively discouraged from expressing their views. One of the most disturbing things I discovered in writing this book is that victims of crime who, for whatever reason, are not in favor of the death penalty, are routinely marginalized, silenced, and even threatened. When victims are for execution, they are given a media platform, massive assistance from the government and from victim assistance programs, and even compensation for participating in public events in support of capital punishment. However, when victims are against execution, they are sometimes ordered not to talk publicly via a so-called gag order, are excluded from public hearings and victim assistance conferences, and are sometimes threatened with obstruction of justice by people for whom the only version of imaginable justice is to take a life for a life. There's the fascinating case of Bob Otterby, whose son was a prison guard killed by one of the men in the prison. Initially, Bob was in favor of the death penalty for his son's killer and was a key witness in the case. But 11 years later, there was a retrial and Bob had changed his mind about the death penalty. As he considered what his son would want, along with his own faith convictions, he no longer wanted execution. And in fact, he met with his son's killer, Edward Montour, and publicly forgave him. Bob's witness against the death penalty became so compelling that the state tried to keep him silent and since he was no longer in favor of the state's version of justice, he was of no use to them in court as a witness. Something is wrong with the system that rewards victims when they are for execution, but punishes them when they are against it. As you survey the various responses of victims outlined in this book, you will discover that many of those who have healed best have not sought the death penalty, but have instead found closure in forgiveness and restorative justice, or even in life in prison for the killer. You'll meet some of these victims soon. Silencing the Victims Even those in favor of capital punishment can agree, I hope, that silencing a victim of violence because we disagree with him or her is not right. Victimization is about powerlessness and justice is about amplifying the voices of those who have been silenced. Healing requires being able to process, to grieve, to make choices freely, and to feel acknowledged in that journey. There are many families who feel that execution adds to their pain and does not help with healing or closure. Others do not want to spend the next ten years of their life in trial.